You're listening to Nutrition Matters Podcast with Paige Smathers, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Hey everyone, it's Paige, your favorite nutrition podcaster and dietitian. Nutrition Matters Podcast explores what really matters in nutrition and health with a sensitive and realistic approach. This podcast relies on the support of listeners like you and needs donations to keep this project running. To help support the podcast, please consider making a donation at pagesmathersrd.com slash podcast. If you find this episode interesting, engaging, or helpful in your life, please consider donating, sharing with friends and family, and leaving a review on iTunes. You can leave a review about this podcast straight from your podcast app. Search Nutrition Matters Podcast, click reviews, and then write a review. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Paige Smathers RD if you'd like to have a little more food for thought. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nutrition Matters Podcast. My name is Paige Smathers and I am your host. And as always, I'm super excited to share this episode with you all about weight neutrality that I had with Sumner Brooks, who's a registered dietitian. And you're going to love this. So before we get into that, let me just tell you about a few announcements. The first is I am now open to working with clients long distance. If you have been listening to the podcast and if you like the approach I take and if you feel like you need a little extra help navigating um, your relationship with food, you're more than welcome to apply to become a long distance client. So the way that you do that is you go to pagesmathersrd.com individuals. And you scroll down a little bit, there's a button in the middle of that page that says apply to be a long distance client. And the reason I have people apply is so that I can sort of make sure that we're a good fit for each other. And if your needs are a little bit more than I can offer from a distance perspective and from kind of more in that coaching realm, I'm more than happy to help connect you with resources in your local area. So check that out. If, if that's something you're interested in, check that out and I'll be sure to get back to you as soon as um, as soon as I can. And then also there's the Facebook group that we're always so happy to have more members join. It's the Nutrition Matters podcast community on Facebook and you just request to join and be a part of the conversation there. And then also my online course is available. This is a 10-week online course that's all about helping you approach food and your body in a whole new way. And this course really walks you through the steps of how to walk away from dieting and how to find your own kind of inner wisdom in your relationship with food and your body. Very, very in line with what we talk about today on on this podcast episode. So if you listen to this episode and you're like, yeah, this makes so much sense. I'm so pumped. I want to do this. But you feel a little bit confused in how to make it work. Check out my course. You might find that that's a helpful resource to you as well. And the best thing is you get lifetime access to the course and the um, online Facebook group that's um, associated with it as well. So that's pagesmathersrd.com slash course. All right. And with that, let's talk with Sumner Brooks. Sumner Brooks is a registered dietitian in private practice, and she does a few different things with her work. And I'll let her explain in this episode about what she does Um, But you're going to love her perspective on this concept of weight neutrality. And I I think that this is going to help solidify a lot of things for people who might be confused about this approach. And or I'm hoping that this can be a good resource for my listeners to be able to share with their loved ones or family members, etc., who might not understand why they approach food and weight and body image from a weight neutral perspective. So Feel free to share this one with friends and family. I'm hoping that it's a helpful resource to you in kind of communicating something that can be really difficult to articulate sometimes. So with that, let's get into talking with Sumner Brooks. Well, hey, Sumner, welcome to Nutrition Matters Podcast. Hi, Paige. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And um, I'm really excited to dive into this topic with you today. So let's just set the stage a little bit and have everybody get to know you a bit. Tell, talk about what you do professionally first. Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, so right now, I, I've been an RD for just approaching 10 years and an intuitive eating counselor for about the past seven years. 
And my careers kind of brought me into this place where I spend part of my time doing something that's near and dear to my heart, which is working with clients for binge eating, healing, and intuitive eating. And then the other part of my work right now is focused on providing and producing continuing education for non-diet and eating disorder dietitians. And is it for therapists as well, or is it just for dietitians? So I really, it's for everyone. Honestly, there's, there's no boundaries. There's no limits to who can participate or learn from EDRD Pro. Actually, the name itself is Eating Disorder Registered Dietitians and Professionals. So I'm trying to let people know more about that. Um, we do have therapists. We have health coaches. We have fitness trainers, um, nurses. So the the topics are always centered around um, health at every size, non-diet, intuitive eating, and eating disorder uh, education. Yeah, and let's talk about that again at the end when people can kind of put into context what you do based on the conversation we're about to have because I think they'll really feed into each other really well. So let's, so yeah, everybody keep that in yeah. mind that Sumner's doing an incredible thing with this EDRD Pro uh, platform. I don't know what, what do you call it? Platform or system or, um, <laughs> website. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's just both. awesome thing. I mean, it, it's, it's all, it's a, it's a web thing. So it's a cloud-based basically program, um, for, we have a membership group and an annual symposium. So yeah, I guess it's a learning platform. Yeah. And it's, it's a way to get continuing education, which a lot of fields require in order to, um, maintain licensure, which dietitians do as well. So it's yeah. a great resource and I'm so happy to be a part of it. And I'm excited to talk to you more about it at the end. Yeah. So thanks. yeah, thanks for introducing yourself so that people can understand where you're coming from with what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's, let's go ahead and get into the topic. I, I want to set the stage really quick and help listeners understand why we're having this conversation today. So let's, I guess where I'm coming from with this is I want people to be able to refer family and friends uh, to this episode as a resource to be able to understand the idea of weight neutrality. Because when I throw that out there, sometimes people look at me like, wait, what is that? <laughs> Tell like, explain that to me. Or what does that mean? This is very kind of like a very counterculture idea to not be super weight focused, especially as a dietitian and even just as a human being, you know, sometimes my interactions with, with friends and family, they assume I'm going to be really a lot more weight focused than I am. And so my vision for this is to have this conversation about this topic to help kind of do a deep dive into understanding what that concept is and why it's powerful and important and why it's health promoting and also how it can be sort of a a, a means for social change and for social justice. So how does that sound as a, as a really um, far shooting and aggressive sort of yeah, idea of what we're trying to do to here? There's a lot to talk about, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. So let's yeah. just start kind of from the basics. What, how would you define weight neutrality? And we'll kind of go back and forth and give ideas here. Don't feel like you have to get it all out in one, in one go. We'll kind of go back and forth and try to help each other define this kind of really Sure. Huge term. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And to be totally honest with you and with everyone listening, I think even for myself, this is a constantly evolving um, definition or way of thinking. Um, I don't feel like I'm ever done or, you know, have complete and total understanding over these topics. Um, it's a learning process and an evolution. So I, th I think one way that I would sort of broadly describe to someone how to understand weight neutrality would be that it's really about not holding judgment about a person or a person's health based on their weight and then I'll add to that based on their size or by their appearance, um, because I really think as you get into this work and you begin um, understanding weight neutrality more, you understand kind of the nuances and the complexity of appearance as a whole, physical appearance. So I think not holding judgment about these things, the way a person looks or their weight. 
and not judging what that means about their health, right? Right, completely. I mean, until you really stop and think about this, many people don't have awareness about their internal biases and how much judgment is passed just immediately upon seeing someone. And these are automatic thoughts. These are not things that people are saying, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to judge that person because they look this certain way. It's something that's learned and that's repeated in our brains over and over and over again to have these judgments. And so, you know, Introducing someone to the idea of weight neutrality is, in many cases, like a polar opposite of what our culture teaches people. I think I just, I mean, I could, I, there's, there's so much to look at here, but when I, I'm going to try to keep tying this back to someone who's maybe new to this term. Um, and, you know, if that were me or if I'm thinking about people who I have these conversations with all the time, it's confusing and it, it's hard to grasp in the beginning um, because we're so used to associating weight with health and with health as um, really other things like, like a person's value, their worth, their contribution to society, um, right. all kinds of things. Right. So I see it sort of like, I, I loved what you've said so far, and I, I like to think about it. It's a way to kind of move through the world, um, whether you're a lay person, not a dietitian, not a health professional, just a, just a person in some other field or whatever type of person you are. Uh, it's a way to move throughout the world without, without sort of categorizing people as healthy or unhealthy or good or bad or moral or immoral or worthy or unworthy just based on the way that a person looks. And that has real implications from a social perspective. But it also uh, is a way to move throughout the world as someone who works with people um, on their nutrition and, and perhaps, you know, therapists and doctors and all different types of clinicians, it's a way to move throughout your professional world as well, where you're reserving, you're reserving judgment and you're allowing the person to explain their whole story. And you're not missing some really critical things about a person's life or a person's history, because you're already passing judgment about the way that a person looks. Completely, completely. Like that judgment is you know, it's, it's actually easy to see it when you are very aware and very, um, you know, informed on this. Um, so it's easy to see from the outside somebody who does hold a lot of judgment and importance on, on size and weight and appearance um, that we only have so much, um, how do I say this, like capacity to think and process at any one time, right? Really, our brain only focuses on one thing at a time. So if you are having a conversation with someone or you've just met someone new and your brain is thinking about body comparison or size or judgment or appearance, how could you possibly be hearing what they're saying or being present with that person as a whole um, human being when your brain is busy judging and making assumptions? Oh, that's so true, Sumner. And that was kind of, that's a really, really important point. And that leads me to my other thought about what weight neutrality is in terms of it's a way to move throughout the world. So it's a way to move throughout your world on an external level. People are external to you, but it's also a very important internal work that we can do as well for ourselves, right? Completely. I mean, I really neutral. think it's life-changing for people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and then, so there might be people listening who think, well, I don't do that. I really don't hold judgment on others. I don't do body checking and comparisons. Like I'm totally open and non-judgmental to other people, which is wonderful. And of course, valuable and a great place to be. But then you might have 
um, you might notice that they are judging themselves or this is much more of a kind of shameful, self-critical um, type of uh, weight focus that they have that, that they really don't put on to others as much, but they notice it much more in their own life with their relationship to themselves. Right. And there's so there's so many iterations of how this could show up in a person's life. And definitely the last thing we want anyone to feel as you're listening is to feel judged or attacked or to feel like we're being harsh. I think the, the idea is just to be just an invitation to be open to the idea that maybe there are some like deep rooted uh, weight biases that we hold about ourselves or about others, whether we're um, clinicians or not, and and maybe looking at that and just being open to finding out where those might lie and how you might be able to do a little bit better to not have that judgment. I know I'm I'm constantly trying to do that work myself, and so I'm kind of speaking from experience with having an open mind, just being a really powerful way to discover how you might be able to do a bit better for people. Um, yeah, I think it's really important to um, be forgiving of yourself. First of all, if you if you're listening to this and thinking, okay, gosh, yeah, I body check everyone, or you know, when I'm in a room of other females, like I'm constantly um, assessing the way that everyone looks. So don't beat yourself up about that. But this is just now an opportunity to reflect on it. And to start thinking about some questions like, where did these beliefs come from? You know, where did I learn this? Because we do learn this. This isn't naturally just the way that we're born. And you'll you'll observe that in children, that they don't do this um, until they're taught it. Um, so forgive yourself. Start reflecting. Just start noticing and learning. What are those actual thoughts? What's the tape that's running through your head throughout the day when it comes to how you relate to bodies. Yeah, exactly. That's beautifully said. Um, so if someone's listening thinking, okay, what are these two dietitians talking about weight neutrality? Like what, what's the science to back that up? Why, wait a minute, you're saying that health and weight um, aren't the same thing. I know if, if someone's been listening to this podcast throughout, you know, throughout the history of it, <laughs> for lack of a better way of saying that, um, you'll already probably have a good understanding of that. But just in case, I'm always mindful that this might be someone's very first exposure to this idea. And, and just in case someone's new to this, do you, let's just take a, a minute to talk about where where this is coming from, from a, a research or a scientific perspective. Why Why are we talking about weight neutrality? Much of the data on weight and health um, really doesn't describe the entire picture of how weight um, of how weight and health relate to each other. And the reason why is because studies looking at weight loss and health outcomes haven't been long term enough to really show, that the big picture is the vast majority of people who lose weight and have some health outcome changes from that don't maintain that weight loss. So the health benefits that we have come to commonly associate with weight really aren't lasting health benefits in the vast majority of cases. So it's not appropriate for us to be recommending weight change um, for health when Ultimately, when we really look at studies that have done a, done a greater job at follow-up, we can see that um, health outcomes are worse um, when people who have been using weight control methods and dieting to control their health. Not to Yeah, that's beautiful. And not to mention just anybody listening anecdotally can probably relate to the idea of when you... When you have a thought pop in your mind that says, okay, I need to lose weight, and you search on the internet or talk to a friend or whatever it might be, and you decide to do X way to do that, you know, most people can relate to the idea that the minute you tell yourself you can't eat whatever food that, that you've been told to restrict from the internet, um, you end up developing a very bizarre and very dysfunctional relationship with that food or that food group or that particular thing where 
now it's restricted. There's this extra level of like intrigue and there's there can be some secretive behaviors behind it. There can be some some binging as a result of the restricting that kind of all or nothing thinking can start to come into play where you say, well, I've already eaten one of this, so I might as well eat 20 because I'm a total screw up. I mean, this type of of cycle is probably something most people who have ever dieted can relate to on some level. So not only can we see this scientifically and in the research, but we also likely can sort of relate on a personal level to what really intense weight control methods and fad diets and, and diets in general can can produce in our lives. Yeah, it, it really feels terrible to be dieting. Um, maybe not always right in the beginning like and i'm just going to be totally honest here with my own experiences yeah i love it hundreds of people but you know i'm fine speaking to my own very long history of chronic dieting and man that's a really terrible fight to be fighting every day in your head it is such a waste of our potential and our time and our energy. And um, I know that people do get that good sort of like upper diet high in the beginning. And I think maybe there will be people listening to this who think, really? Because I like it when I diet. That's what keeps me coming back. Um, But then we need to look at, well, what are the sacrifices and the consequences that come with each of those diets? And why do we always have to go back and start another diet if this is really a solution? Um, So it feels terrible to be dieting, but I think it's really important to take this opportunity for people to realize that dieting is an industry It is a huge industry and it only has become so powerful and so huge in Western culture because the dieting industry thrives on you coming back to try another diet. Um, So essentially, diet industry sets you up to not be successful with your health and or if you think in terms of weight, weight goals. That is so true. And that's such an important thing to keep in mind. I had somebody at my class I teach weekly yesterday say such an important and profound thing. He said, you know, they're, they thrive, these companies thrive off of creating a problem in you or a fear in you that maybe most of the time isn't really a problem in the first place, right? So it creates this problem of, oh, you need to be insecure about this or that aspect of your body or you like in in the beauty industry, you need to be covering up those freckles or whatever it might be. And maybe it wasn't a problem in the first place to have freckles as as an example. Um, And so recognizing how to be a, a critical consumer in context of weight neutrality is a really important concept because you're constantly being fed these messages that tell you that you should change something about your body and that will lead to love and connection and worthiness and all the things we all want. But that's, that really like, isn't a problem in the first place, you know? Right. Sense? And the question might be coming up for people like, why all of a sudden are we talking about the beauty industry or freckles or all of these things? And, and the fact is that Um, And I hope people will take this away from today, but that the health and medicine and nutrition and beauty industry are all very intertwined in our society. And these industries have a lot invested in keeping people feeling bad about themselves. Um, I know that that's scary to hear um, and, and we'll have a lot of resistance to accepting this. Um, But when it comes to consumerism and it comes to money and health and beauty, um, we are trained from a very young age in our society to not like how we look, to forever be a customer. And so 
the individual. It's on the individual. It's not on society to save people and to change this. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I'm hopeful that we'll have this really big shift in the next generation or down the line. I think about my own kids. Of course, I want things to be different. But at this point, um, the individual needs to, um, I think, begin to empower themselves to know that they don't have to believe these things. They don't have to believe that they're not worthy, that they don't look good, that they don't look right. Um, and there's many, many, many um, difficult barriers to reaching that point, I recognize. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It is. And like you said, it can kind of almost make your brain hurt at first because it's so confusing. It can be very confusing. It can be very disorienting because it's not the way that most people talk about bodies or health. And mm-hmm. so if, if you're in that space, that's okay. And that means you're like, you're doing, you're doing your own work, which is, which is really important. Um, and so sometimes sitting with that discomfort and kind of seeing where it leads you is a really beautiful beginning to a lot of important uh, understanding and progress in, the, in this way. Yeah, yes, of course. And I never want to assume that this would be easy for someone. Um, I often will ask um, people that I'm working with, you know, can you think of someone in your life who you think has a healthy relationship to food and their body um, as an example? And, you know, it's not uncommon for someone to say, you know what, I really can't think of someone in my life who has a healthy relationship to food or who doesn't diet. And that's, that's reality for a lot of people. So we need to understand that, um, you know, lack of support can be a barrier for someone. Um, naturally, as a human, we want to fit in. We want to be part of our tribe. So going against the grain on a lot of this stuff is a very big deal for people. No matter how damaging or how um, much suffering someone might be going through, adding that on to their life can be a huge undertaking. Yep, that's a really important point. Um, so Sumner, let's, let's, I kind of want to outline what I have in mind for the rest of the conversation and let's dig in where you, where it makes sense for you. Um, I want to help paint the picture for how weight neutrality, how walking through the world with the paradigm of weight neutrality can benefit a person. Um, I think that's, that's a really important connection to make is it's not giving up on your well-being. In fact, it's actually a really important component to enhancing your well-being. Um, so I want to do that. I also want to talk about how clinicians specifically can shift the focus um, from manipulating bodies to trust and respect and and how that might look. And I know that that's really where you specialize and, and what you're doing with EDRD Pro. Um, so do you, do you want to kind of start with, with the, the benefits? Um, I'd love to. Okay. Um, Go ahead and just dive in with that. Yeah. I kind of said earlier, like, I really think this is life changing for people. Um, not only do I think that, but, um, that's what I've seen. I've seen many, many people who I work with either for a long time or not a long time, but I hear from them a long time later that many things in their life have shifted because of how they started to change their relationship to food and body. And some of these things that I see really and why we do this um, is that it's an overall sense of um, more peace, you know, no one's going to walk through this world feeling wonderful and fantastic all the time. And if they are, please let us know your secrets. Um, But yeah, (laughs) that's just, you know, that's not the goal. The goal is um, to, I think, be more attuned to yourself. Um, And what I mean by that is to be able to um, make your food choices based on what's going to work best for you. 
feel best for you, give you the energy levels that you're looking for, um, help you move through the important things of your life. Maybe that's work, maybe that's school, maybe that's caring for people, uh, maybe that's just caring for yourself. Um, if you have less stress and focus around dieting and weight loss, then you have more potential and more energy for the things in life that really matter. And I just think that this, you only have so much energy that you can give into anything in a day, right? And so if you have less energy going into something that's ultimately causing you more suffering or stress, like dieting, um, then you open yourself up to being able to be more present with things that really matter to you and actually give you fulfillment and pleasure. That is such a beautiful way of saying that. Oh, I love that. And I just would add that in my own experience and also experience with people that I work with, approaching food with a weight neutral perspective, like we don't always, we don't always connect that the way we feel about our bodies and what we feel like we need to or should be doing or want to be doing to manipulate our bodies, that will affect the way that you eat, right? So so body image is directly related to food for so many people. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you approach your own body with a sense of neutrality in terms of weight, it makes it actually so much easier to have clarity of mind Again, what you were saying about the whole energy thing, right? You can put your energy toward, okay, how do I make sure that I engage in habits and behaviors that are in my best interest? Like for me, I know it's really important that I make a grocery list and go to the store each week. And that's something that makes it so that my eating experience during the week is so much less stressful than when I feel like I need to constantly be planning meals and shopping for them each day. Yeah. Or... Um, gosh, I'm, I'm go going to this uh, potluck with friends. And when you're really wrapped up in, in dieting and wanting to manipulate your body, it can almost be like an out-of-body experience where next thing you know, you've eaten way more than you, than you meant to or you engaged in that all-or-nothing thinking that I was describing earlier where you say, well, screw it, I've already eaten one blah, blah, blah. So... Um, so I'm a total failure. You start getting really down on yourself. And next thing you know, you haven't even tasted the food. You didn't enjoy it. You didn't enjoy your friends. You didn't enjoy the dinner. You just were yelling at yourself in your own head the whole time. Exactly. So yes. You're it's, not. It's actually easier to make reasonable and level-headed choices about food when you're not so wrapped up in manipulating your body, right? I mean, that's, that's I think, a very important point in understanding this really difficult and disorienting con concept of weight neutrality. It's like, I'm not saying throw health out the window, screw it, nutrition doesn't matter. Hello, my podcast is called Nutrition Matters. I think it does. But it's so much easier to tap into that wisdom when you're not so wrapped up in so many other things. Yeah, I think people often, um, if, if any of this conversation or a lot of the conversations that they're hearing on your podcast um, sound interesting or intriguing to people, I think kind of one of the natural questions that comes up is like, well, if I'm not dieting, then how do I eat? Like, tell me what to eat. Yes, that does <laughs> come still up. Like, that, yeah. Because yeah, because people haven't been practicing having permission to eat. They don't, they, they're really out of practice with just like, um, what are the options, how to make choices and how to feel okay about that. I mean, so I want people to know that that's a very normal starting place is to feel like, well, now I don't know what to eat. Right. Um, that is and important. That's, totally right where you should be, honestly, because you've got to start experiencing some of that discomfort with not following rules. And there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, you've got thousands and thousands of choices of what to eat every day. So now you've got a lot of decision making to do. Um, but again, those decisions are so much easier to navigate when yes. they're not clouded by all of this judgment and body hate and um, whatever else goes through a person's mind when they're really in that space where they want to manipulate. 
Right, right. And so back back to like what you were originally asking, which is like, how does living with weight neutral beliefs help someone? Um, I can't help but want to like think of all these examples in my own life and conversations that I've had with clients about just how much of your life you're actually missing when you're caught up in this. And there's all different levels of from chronic dieting to eating disorders all different intensities here. So no two people are going to be the same, but you're often going to be missing your actual life. The more caught up in this you are. Um, well, and a really important point there, Sumner, is that sometimes that's like the, the underlying almost subliminal purpose of a diet for a person is like, okay, this is easier to focus on this than it is to focus on this really sad thing going on in my life or this really traumatic event that happened that I just can't face, right? So, so, so someti- right. sometimes doing this actually brings up a lot of other things for a person that they're like, okay, I guess I need to tackle that now, you know? And, and so don't be surprised if, if that brings something up for you. Yeah, and that's where it can be, of course, critical for someone to have some prof- some professional support, uh, whether it be a psychotherapist, um, a counselor, intuitive eating dietitian. Ideally, if there's um, trauma there, really, we want you to be having some therapy around that. It's not something that a dietitian or an intuitive eating counselor does. Um, but this is very real. And um, food does help us soothe. It helps us unwind. It helps us numb out. It gives our our brain pleasure, just like music and hugs and friendship does. Um, Food, but also the lack of it can do all of that too, right? Restriction. Yes, yes. So, you know, I think a lot of times maybe what you read online or even what you might hear sometimes – makes this sound very simple and the fact is it's not simple at all but either is dieting dieting is adding to the problem because you're you're worsening your relationship to yourself um and you're avoiding building a good relationship with yourself which ultimately doesn't help um but i can appreciate and understand why someone um might be more comfortable dieting because like you said, it is very distracting and it can in it in and of itself be someone's life. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, oh, sometimes when people realize that there can be, there can be some anger, you know, you can be really mad when you realize that I've wasted so much of my life on something so unimportant. And I really think that's why so many of us in this space get really, passionate about what we do because we just we we see how freeing it can be for a person to be in a place of acceptance and love and um in a, in a good place with their body and also with their relationship with food and just r- how how they recognize how much more capable they are of doing the things that they want to be doing with their time and with their energy and it's so sad to see people waste away their lives in pursuit of something that's actually not helping them and actually making things harder. Yes. Yes. And like tying this into weight neutrality is that, um, we're constantly being pulled back to a weight focus every day, you know, out in the world, there are thousands of images that you're being inundated with from TV to billboards to, you know, shopping malls, Every image that you're seeing really is saying, hey, don't forget about how you're supposed to be changing your body or that you're not good enough or that you don't look like this airbrushed model or it's about um, because it's pervasive in our culture, it's the conversations that are happening at work um, or with your friends or with your family. And so we also want people to know that... um, this takes time and that you will be faced with getting pulled back into a belief around that weight is about health or health is about weight and that 
it is important to lose weight. You will be pulled back into those messages. And so we're really wanting to help people know that um, it's kind of like building up, building up some resistance to that over time. I actually have a podcast planned where I'm going to be talking with my guest about kind of how to combat some of that in daily life, like ideas for little things you can say or ways that you can approach different situations that can help you kind of stay in a good place with all this because you know a lot of my clients will say okay this all makes so much sense in your office and I love it and I'm all pumped up and then I go out into the world and I get super confused again and and again I wanted to record this episode because I I do have a lot of people say I'm, I'm trying to explain this to my husband or I'm trying to explain this to my friend or roommate or whatever but I can't I can't like articulate the words because I'm still trying to figure this out myself and so that again that's like the purpose of this conversation is to try to help people um educate educate is maybe the wrong word but just inform their friends and family on why they're approaching their health and their nutrition from a weight neutral perspective yes Yes. and that's um one of the other benefits of getting into a weight neutral health at every size non-diet way of living. It's like an intuitive living where you learn to trust yourself more than anyone else. And as you learn to trust yourself and you trust your body, you will notice that what other people think really doesn't matter nearly as much as it used to. You're always going to have people who disagree with you no matter what you do. (laughs) So, yeah. Totally. Yeah, so that in the beginning when someone is starting this, they may feel very uncomfortable trying to talk to this about a fr- to a friend or a family member. Um, but keep going. Keep informing yourself. Um, make changes that feel safe to you. So may- maybe that starts with reading on your own or listening to podcasts on your own. Um, and then maybe that begins with conversations with someone that you feel is open to listening or might be able to relate to what you're going through. Um, and so you kind of test the waters with maybe safe relationships um, before you feel confident enough to talk to an acquaintance or talk to a, a very diet minded um, grandmother or something like that. One thing I want to say is. I want to just give a ton of room and space for people who are anxious or nervous about sharing this and and also just give permission that you don't necessarily have to be understood by the people around you for you to engage in what's best for you. So for instance, I talk about this stuff all day long. I'm very comfortable with my own approach to food and my body and I, I feel great about what I'm up to there, but I don't go like evangelizing my point of view because it seldom goes well. And it's, it can be very uncomfortable. It's almost like you're battling deeply held, like religious beliefs for some people. So, mm-hmm. um, so you, I, I know that there can be this drive and desire to have the people in your life around you understand you and to get this aspect of what you're doing, but that's, that's not always going to happen. I guess I know that's kind of grim, but um, but some people just aren't really ready to kind of wrap their head around this and, and maybe aren't in a place where they, maybe they're in a place where they really do think that diets work and yes, you can manipulate your body and it's as easy as one, two, three, and I don't want to hear about, <laughs> you know, what you're doing. And, and that's okay. That doesn't mean you're wrong. Right. Everyone's on their own trajectory. Um, that's a great example of us learning to live with uncertainty and um, conflict or the fact that not everyone ever will agree. But that's okay because you need to trust you and you need to do what feels right for you. Give, even if you are the only person on this world who has had a bad experience dieting, <laughs> you've had a bad experience dieting. So it makes sense for you to let go of that and eat more intuitively, right? So I don't care. This is not about um, 
what's right or what's wrong sometimes because it's so hard to prove, right? It's so hard to have these conversations with people who truly believe that they are going to follow this one diet and that is the diet that that worked for them and and they're on it. You're not going to change that person's mind just because you want to. You probably won't, but that is okay. We, We have to be okay with that and have confidence and trust in our own experiences love it so well said Sumner thank you let's let's shift gears and talk about how um, providers and clinicians might be able to approach their work with weight neutrality Um, I know that's a broad question I'll kind of zoom in a bit more once you start talking but I'd like to just kind of hear your high-level thoughts about that Yes. Well, I think it's much easier for someone who wants to do this or who is kind of primed for it. Maybe they've had a mentor or a colleague um, and kind of they're in a place where they're ready to make that shift versus um, someone who this is very new for. That's going to be very scary, I think. Scary for dietitians to let go of the power and the purpose that they have been taught that they're supposed to have over manipulating a person's body or health. You know, it's to, to someone that could be their, um, the way that they see themselves being successful or valuable is that they can change a person's body or their health. And so to let go of that really, and to go into a new belief system about health and weight is pretty scary. So, I would encourage anyone who feels that way to embrace that fear, notice it, um, and then begin gradually taking steps to self-educate, seek training in health at every size and intuitive eating, um, make sure to, to get some supervision, consistent supervision really is important. And taking that time with yourself, you know, treating yourself just the same way that you would treat a client, which is hopefully with a lot of compassion and patience and understanding that this is a journey. So I think some dietitians who listen, who maybe aren't quite practicing in this way or aren't sure how to to make it work uh, or maybe aren't currently practicing but want to learn more, what would you say about because I know that there's a lot of discussion in dietitian communities about, well, what if I do have a client walk through my door who's like hell bent on weight loss or whatever? Like, how do you how do you handle the inevitable? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the culture we live in. Let's be honest. There is a lot of focus on this, and people will be drawn to dietitian services based on a lot of times based on like wanting that. Right. Um, Of course. Right. Of course. That is the world that we live in. Um, Actually, what's coming up that I'd love to share is actually something that Marcy Evans uh, recently just presented to our group of members on um, kind of like really great basics for an initial assessment. And she described a client that just like what you're saying is somebody who wants to change, um, wants to find peace with food in their body, but also still has a goal of weight loss. And Marcy so beautifully described to us how she will not try to take that away from someone that that holds value for that person still believing that they uh, need need or want to lose weight. So that's not her job is to change their goals or what they want. But her job is to help serve in the way that this person is looking for to better their quality of life and to feel better. So you look for, um, according to Marcy, which I thought was such a great analogy, you look for the intersection. Where do your goals align? So you can tell someone very clearly you know, I am not going to work with you on weight loss. However, these are the things that I will work with you on. Are these things that that you are looking for? Um, Are you looking to um, reduce the frequency of binging? Are you looking to feel less stress and obsessed about food and your body? Um, 
And so you may very much be able to find an agreement and an intersection with that client on what you are working on together, but also doing them, doing the due diligence and the service of being clear that you are not trying to help them lose weight, that they can have that in their um, in their mind, and maybe that will fade gradually as these other new um, tools and beliefs take place. Um, but that there, there is a lot of work that does probably intersect that the person wants to work with you on. Yeah, that's a great thought. And just to be clear, you know, some people do, and I've said this so many times on the podcast, but some people do shift on the scale as a result of, of maybe what, like what you were talking about, working on those things that intersect, but that's just not the focus. That's not the, the measurement of success. That's not the, um, promised results because in the end, I, you know, something I tell my clients all the time and, and it, sometimes they look at me <laughs> with a little bit of shock, but I am not in control of your weight. You know, mm-hmm. you are not in control of your weight. I can't tell you how many people, you know, if you do the whole calories in calories out, like it makes zero sense as to what's going on with, with the, what, some of my clients, but it's just, it is there. Our bodies are more complex than you know, calories in, calories out. There's so many built-in mechanisms to keep us healthy and alive and and functioning. And we manipulate that natural mechanism and it and it doesn't always make mathematical sense if yeah. we try to oversimplify it to calories. That's what I'm trying to say. I just want to say this to be really clear because it's things like this aren't always clear, but if you are working from a weight neutral approach you do not need to have a scale in your office. You do not need to worry about tracking a person's weight or seeing a weight change um, in any direction. Um, so that's really a part of it. I know that that's a very that's a very normal and expected part of how dietitians are trained, and that's something you let go of when you do this work. Is you let go of the need to have that information. Um, in order to assess how a person is doing or the progress that they're making. You look for progress in other ways. You look for progress in um, ways such as how the person is feeling, the thoughts that they're having, um, how they're relating to their body, how how are they able to heal some of the, um, the things that feel like they were suffering when they first came in to see you. Um, and so we don't need to be even worried about looking at that number and that's truly something I don't know I just felt like I should reinforce that because that might not be that obvious to some people so Sumner in my office I do have a scale because I have some clients that from a clinical perspective like I need I need that number um to make sure that we're um honestly a lot of it's it's a lot of my anorexia nervosa clients who struggle in that regard so trying to make sure that we're keeping things in the right in the right direction to be able to understand so I hate to put a black and white you do not need to have a scale it depends on the work you do um and and you know what's clinically appropriate so there's plenty of people that I never even weigh because we have a conversation about it and we say this isn't what this is about um and then there's some people that I meet halfway where I might weigh them backwards and never even talk about it and at some point maybe we we discuss so that's that's me that's that's me speaking as Paige and what I do but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that oh I would never argue with that you know you need to make someone make sure that someone is medically safe so if there's a question about someone's um, safety medically um, and you feel confident that that knowing and monitoring weight for that purpose is essential then of course absolutely um I'm thinking more just along the lines of when someone is medically stable, it's it's hard, I think, for dietitians to let go of that piece of it because we've been trained to look for progress using that number for so long. Yeah, and it's it's also hard from the perspective of trying to give, trying to build rapport and trying to give clients what they are looking for, you know, and kind of trying to meet them where they are. Some people are totally good. Oh yeah, don't weigh me. This isn't about that. And I don't have a scale at home and I'm good. And other people are like, 
okay, you telling me that it's okay to eat a cookie is already like blowing my mind, you know? And so I can, there is, there can be some struggles to kind of figure out where you want to land with, with each individual client. And, and the way I navigate that is I try to, I try to de-emphasize and discourage weight, um, as, as a track and as a method, as a, as a measure of success. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, there are those medically, medically unstable, um, clients that you kind of need to to have that, um, measure on. Yeah. And in terms of, of other kind of aspects of helping dietitians make this shift into weight neutral approach, um, there, there's a lot to learn. I mean, I feel like I could like sit down for hours and hours <laughs> on end every day and just learn more and more about um, the research behind health at every size and and really, um, you know, you've got to make that investment in yourself. I kind of don't know what another way to say it other than um, it's time and it also can be financial to get training and get supervision and um, but it's so important for the confidence that you'll have when you do this work with clients. And if we don't have confidence in it, if we don't fu- feel fully informed, it's really, really difficult to be that kind of supportive, um, pull for your clients to lean on as you're, as you're doing this work with them. So I think, you know, getting yourself to a point where, you feel confident is critical because your, your clients will be able to sense that as well. Yeah, definitely. What about other clinicians? What about, you know, therapists or even physicians? How can, you know, just kind of high level, how can people in the healthcare field be a bit more weight neutral in how they approach their patients and clients? Yeah, well, I think there's a how can they and then there's a why should I? Um, question. So on the, on the, why should I, I know you didn't ask this, but I think it's important. No, um, go, go there. That's great. Should I, I think you've really got to start observing um, what's happening with your patients, you know, for, for, a, for a doctor, for example, how many of your patients that you've been telling to lose 20 pounds are losing 20 pounds um, or for um you know, for a therapist, I can imagine how difficult that might be to have someone who is struggling with uh, food and eating, but not knowing how to advise them on that, if, especially if maybe they don't have a, an intuitive eating counselor or a dietitian. Um, so that's kind of the why should I of the get yourself informed on really what is intuitive eating, what is weight neutrality, what is health at every size. So that you can be a resource and that you can, first and foremost, make sure to not be doing any harm. Um, And then the how to make that shift, um, I believe that you really can only take someone as far as you've gone yourself. So start by taking a good long look at your own relationship to food and body and dieting and weight. Um, You will learn a lot. Um, I think... A lot of, um, you know, there's there's so many resources people can go to um, looking up uh, the research on health at every size or reading health at every size. But also secrets from the eating lab is, is full of some of this data that can be very helpful by Tracy Mann. Um, and I think that, you know, start listening more and talking less. For anyone who is already doing any kind of weight counseling or eating counseling, um, we need to be learning from our clients and patients. And Love that. that. Love the idea of listening more, talking less, asking more questions. I think that's such an important, such an important thing in this work and, and just in life in general. Yeah. Yeah, because we only we don't know what we don't know. So if we're not openly receiving what people's realities are with this stuff, then all we're going off of is what we're taught and then what our own experiences. So 
if we're in the business of helping people, we need to be having an understanding of all the different ways that this affects people um, and asking them questions that, that get them to tell you more. Yeah, and another thing that pops into my mind, especially with physicians, is to really ask yourself when it's clinically necessary to weigh a person and when it's uh, when and if it's not, maybe being a little bit sensitive to the fact that some people totally completely spiral downward when they get weighed at the at the doctor um Mm -hmm. and i don't even just mean you know in a metaphorical sense i mean in like a real a real true behavior sense um it can it can be a really triggering tough thing for some people and just being being aware of that in and of itself and giving some autonomy to patients and clients to allow them to have a say in their care Uh, when you know i'm not trying to tell a physician how to do their job at all but just maybe maybe looking into how you might be able to be a bit more weight neutral just in your weighing practices and in your conversations about weight completely I, I worked for i worked at um, a gi clinic and i was seeing patients who had medical conditions that um they'd experience a lot of major weight fluctuations. I'm talking about like liver disease and um, ulcerative colitis, things like that. Um, And so taking their weight was a part of assessing what was happening with their disease process. And, um, but I'd always ask permission, you know, and I think that that's just an important, important piece with this is getting people's permission on not only whether or not you can take their weight, um, but what are they ready to talk about? Uh, what are they there for? If you're asking really personal questions in these assessments and these sessions, um, and it feels good for people to get to have to be asked permission. And I think, I think love a- that idea. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Even just that small gesture of, hey, is, would it be all right if I weighed you? That's, that gives them the choice and that gives them some autonomy in the process that can feel really overwhelming. So good, great idea. Yeah, I can think about in my own experiences with providers or at a therapy session or something, even just, just someone just asking that just makes you feel a little bit more heard and respected. And I think that's really important for that relationship. That's so great. So Sumner, do you feel like we've done an okay job exploring the idea of weight neutrality? Is there anything else you'd add or would you like to summarize? Um, I just think that I would encourage people to um, to just get out there and dig for good information and good resources to help support you. Like we've been talking about this whole time. This shift often doesn't happen overnight. So um, that's okay, but um, we want people to be reading and listening and learning because that's how this stuff is going to disseminate out into the world faster. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would just summarize it. You know, this weight neutrality is a counterculture, kind of difficult idea to wrap your head around, but the goal of it is to help you be present with yourself and with others and to get at what really matters in your own life and in your work and in your friendships. And um, it's it actually invites a more stable and healthy relationship with food in your body. And um, and it's it's worth the the long road to possibly get there and I don't and I know that that makes it sound like it's a a destination it's really really a process and it's a practice and it's a journey and it's an everyday kind of building on on what you've already tried to work toward um but but I think that it's worthwhile work and it's meaningful and it's just really brings you a lot of peace whether you're a practitioner or if you are just a listener who is interested in the in the idea of of intuitive eating, health at every size, those types of things. It's worth it, even though it's hard. Um, yeah. And we're here. We're here along the way. You know, Sumner does long distance um, work with clients. I am now 
taking a few long distance clients on as well. So if if this seems like something that you need more help with, you're definitely feel free to reach out to us to help navigate a tricky a tricky path. And of course, if you're a practitioner, um, looking looking at Summer, Sumner's resources with EDRD Pro as well. And and life is short. You know, we can't control our body size. We can't control our mortality or how much time we have here. And I know that that's like a huge heavy thing. But what we do have is the present. And so people can start with just today, you know, just listening to my body today, what feels good to me today. Um, So the focus on that present, the present kind of feelings and experiences instead of all this got to change my weight, got to change my weight, all this future stuff. You know, that would be kind of my one takeaway tip for people today is um, that's what we do have. That's what you can do today. And it helps with long term benefits as well. Beautiful, Sumner. Thank you so much. Take a few minutes to just make sure that people know how to get a hold of you and to access your awesome resources. Okay, great. Um, I have two websites that you could turn to. Um, for people who kind of want to read my blog um, or get in touch with me for an individual level, go to eattolivehappy.com. Or for our professional continuing education programs, edrdpro.com is where you can go. I'm also on Instagram, Intuitive Eating RD, and EDRD Pro on Instagram as well. Great. Thank you so, so much for diving into a really big topic with me today, Sumner. This was a lot of fun, and I really appreciated your, your thoughts and your, um, your insight into all of this. So thank you so much for being here. This was fun, and thank you because you're doing really awesome work, and I love the podcast, so keep it up. Yay, great. I'm so happy to hear it. Well, I sincerely hope you've enjoyed this conversation. If you haven't already, please go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. Thanks again so much for listening, and we'll see you soon for another episode.